Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. Hi, I'm Trent, and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode one, one, four. This week on Toy Power, we're going to take a look at the wrestling superstars line by LJN. We'll then jump into another instalment of the Toy Power quiz. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we have Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Boy, hi. Darren. Hello, one and all. Thank you for joining us. And some very, very special guests all the way from Riot City Wrestling. We've got Sean Fuster. Good evening, everyone. And Tyler the Difference Daniels. And I'm here because... Uh, here we go. <laughs> well, we do have the experts. We did have a shout-out from one of our patrons. Yes, uh, does, does 10, was it? Does 10, yep, I believe. Yep. He did shout-out for some wrestling retrospectives. But did he ask for Tyler Daniels? Does anybody ask for Tyler Daniels? Ooh. I don't know if it was by name. Uh, well, we, we, we know so little about wrestling that Tyler Daniels could have been anyone. So, yeah, so we, we needed to uh, yeah, put our hands up and, uh, yeah. You don't ask for Tyler Daniels. We didn't need that Tyler Daniels you, comes. You just get what you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do to deserve this? But you may remember Sean's been on a couple of Toy Power episodes before. So Sean does the commentating at Riot City Wrestling. And this is the first time we've had an actual pro wrestler in the show. So this uh, is, Sean, I didn't know you pro-wrestled. Oh, careful. You're sitting close to him. <laughs> I'm you know, you know that whole thing about don't poke your hand in the bear cage? <laughs> yep. Mm. There's a reason they say don't provoke the animals, mate. <laughs> you are an animal. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, don't provoke. <laughs> so. No, it's good to be here, guys. Um, I'm a big fan of what you guys do. Um, I do enjoy pop culture. The LJN stuff is pretty dear, near and dear to me. Uh, as a kid, I mean, as a as a wrestler, I was hooked in wrestling from a very early age, and so the LJN stuff is actually very, very uh, close to my heart. So. Yeah, it is a beautiful line. We're having a look before yeah. at it, pretty much in its entirety, or uh, a fair few of the figures. Yeah, the, I brought along the whole first year, um, and then scatterings of other years, things that I've either picked up or Tyler's told me I'm buying, whether I like it or not, because he <laughs> tends to forget his money. At least that's the excuse I get given. I just have deep pockets and short arms, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Well, Tyler, it is your first appearance on Toy Power, and because of that, you have to go through our initiation. Now, with these questions, all you have to do is answer them as if you were 10 years old again. That's generally how I answer most questions, so that's okay. <laughs> so what was your favourite movie as a 10-year-old? It's interesting, I was... Okay, as a 10-year-old, there's probably a few, but I'll tell you what the funny part about that was. uh, About two or three nights ago, Free Day TV, I happened flicking through and The Karate Kid came on. And I just went, it's not necessarily my favourite, but I know what I'm doing for two hours. (laughs) I'm like, wrap my chair, here we go. I'm watching this. So The Karate Kid's up there, but there's some great ones from about... Oh, around about that 10 years old um, The Goonies is always a favourite of mine yep. um, but then you had stuff like Big Trouble in Little China yep. that sort of thing so yep. I had a gamut of them so look I'm going to say because it was on recently I'll go with The Karate Kid yep. I can't say it's my absolute favourite but it's the one that comes to S- mind solid choice I'm not going to lie I got to the end and you went to do that crane kick and I might have wiped a tear away yep. you, still, <laughs> this age, you still get the flutter and it's like, that. but that's because you were going for Johnny Sweep the leg. Cobra Kai, have you, you seen huh. any of that? You know what? I've watched a little bit of it. I need to go back and watch more of it. Yeah. But I've, I'm really interested because the role's my understanding kind of reverse. It's yes. kind of, yeah, yep. it, yeah. yeah. It's really uh, quite a good, good follow-up. Could not recommend it more highly. Yeah. Sensational. Yeah. Absolutely. I've heard, I have actually heard that. And it, funnily enough, when that was on the other night, I went, geez, I need to actually go and watch that. I'm in the middle of so many other things. But it's like, yep, someone else has told me that a few times. I must go and watch it. Nice. Looking forward Absolutely. to it. Now, I think I might know the answer to this one, but your favourite toy line as a 10-year-old? As a 10-year-old? Um, yeah, look, the LJN had to be up there, absolutely. It's interesting. It, it probably was. I'm almost going to go maybe slightly before that, though. I was, Sean and I were having a discussion a little earlier, and I, it took my memory that 
There used to be, and I don't know if there's actually a name or generic as far as I know, but they were actually little cowboys and Indians and they were opposable and you could actually separate the, the legs from the torso and you could actually, they had vests that you could put them on and they had these little tiny plastic handguns and mm. rifles and they had ones that actually would ride on horses and the horse legs were technically bowed, so only some would fit, but they had little pegs that went into the side of the horses nice. and everything. So I was a big cowboy and Indian kid, good guys, bad guys all the time, you yep. know, um, from that perspective growing up. That was probably, I had bucket loads of those, loved that sort of stuff. Uh, but then, it, obviously, the LJNs are incredibly close to my heart too. So, Beautiful. it's probably LJNs, but I played a lot of time with that stuff. Yeah. So. We were looking them up on the way here, trying to figure out what those cowboy and Indian figures were. Turns out they're still making them to this day. And in your Walmarts and places like that, you can still buy them. Slightly more articulated now than they were, but mm. still the basic concept yeah. is on the shelves. If it ain't broke... Don't fix it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right. Final question for you, and there's no age restriction on this one. Okay. Your favourite wrestling commentator. I know the answer that's not going to come out of his mouth. <laughs> uh, who would you say it wouldn't be, Sean? Me. Well, it couldn't possibly be you, Sean, because what you do barely raises commentary. <laughs> there we go. Um, there we go. So that's why it can't be you. Uh, favourite wrestling commentator. Oh, that's that is tough because. They all bring something unique and, and it's it depends because across the era that I span of that, you know, you've got guys, Bobby the Brain Heenan is amazing, but I'd almost go commentary pairing because yep. sometimes it's not just a commentator, it is the pairing that they go and that they sort of play off of. So Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan I grew up in, they were amazing. Um, you know, later days you had Jim Ross and, and Jerry Lawler, for example. So some of those were amazing as well. Um, oh, look, you know, there's even... For me, even today, uh, Tony Schiavone, who was in uh, NWA, WCW, now has a podcast as well. And, and that just reminds me of those days as well. It probably still has to go back to probably Bobby the Brain Heenan. Mm. Um, just his quick wit, his one-liners, his ability to add a colourful, just story to a situation. I think only rivaled by Jerry Lawler to, from that perspective. But for me, it's probably Bobby because Bobby was such just a character in his own right. Yeah. Um, and he was manager as well. He would get in and he would actually take some bumps and do that as well. But as a package, you, you always knew you were on when Bobby was around. It was going to be fun. Excellent. Very good. A lot to live up to there, Sean. Got the taking notes? Yeah, no, absolutely. And if I'm not taking notes, I'm taking lumps usually. <laughs> I'm actually surprised he didn't say himself seeing he's inserted himself on the commentary desk at Riot City of late. It's only one of the good things I do, Sean. <laughs> Speaking of Riot City, I, I I do follow your Instagram, Sean. So I was glued to my Instagram screen with some of the uh, great visuals that were coming out of some of the Riot City wrestling matches. Were you doing a bit of touring as well? Was there a bit yeah. of interstate stuff? What, what's been going on recently for Riot City? So not only has Riot City been tearing things up around Adelaide, but they've also been working with World Series Wrestling and actually being involved in a new national tour that's going on so that's based in adelaide originally but tours to melbourne and sydney as well some of the biggest stars in the world the machine brian cage the villain marty skirl uh joey ryan who's famous for a, a move that we probably can't say on a family show like this <laughs> they have come to australia they're going up against the best of australian wrestling not only the guys from riot city but also the people from the four nations up in new south wales from pcw in melbourne and it's almost like a international versus australia supercard three times a year and I've been fortunate enough to actually be chosen as the ring announcer and commentator for that promotion as well. So I get to tour the country with these guys and live the tour life and see what goes on and call some amazing matches. Tyler, you had a match on the most recent Adelaide show against former Wright City champion Nick Armstrong. Correct, certainly did. Um, I've had the privilege as well to travel to Melbourne as part of the tour as well. Sean and I went across the, not the most recent tour, the one before, and I worked sort of backstage and helped out some of the guys there as well. So as Sean said... For anyone who knows the names he's mentioned, the Marty Skirls, the Brian Cages, the Joey Ryans, some of the other stuff, um, people out there may know the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, there's some amazing talent. And it's drawn a lot of the best of Australia's talent to that yeah. as well. It's an amazing promotion in that sense. And if you don't know them, or if you were into wrestling as a youngster with the LJN figures and things like that, this is the time to get back into wrestling. Find your local wrestling company, support your local wrestling company. There's three in Adelaide alone. Mm. There's Riot City Wrestling, there's Russell Rampage, there's PWSA. There's another couple of promotions as well, Iron Fist, ACW. So there's a few out there for sure. This is the resurgence of Australian wrestling right now. You have groups like the Four Nations out of New South Wales who are getting booked on American shows. You have Mm. Jonah Rock from Adelaide who's just been picked
picked up by WWE. Mm. You have Wright City's own Rhea Ripley, who is, you know, the first ever NXT UK champion. This is the moment to, if you were ever into wrestling at any point in your life, get into it now, support it, because you're going to notice us as we take over the world and then we're going to conquer. That's it. Nice. Nice. Well said. Beautifully done. Um, We are now going to jump into our next segment. Vintage Twilight Retrospective. We are talking wrestling superstars by LJN, and this is a line that goes all the way back to that beautiful time period. We all hold very close to our hearts, the 1980s, 1984 to 1989. Now, these are really, really unique. I mean, these are eight-inch solid figures. If you think He-Man is tough, wait until you hold (laughs) one of these in your hand. Um, No articulation at all. So they are essentially a very sturdy rubber, um, and they are essentially posed in one one pose. Some very nice sculpting mm. for the day um, on these and some brilliant likenesses. We'll talk a little bit more to likenesses as we go into this discussion. There were a couple of lines by L- LJN, and I guess the premier line was the 8-inch rubber line. Um, each superstar had their biography card on the packaging, and you got a poster. And this was great. Like, the 80s was great for this sort of stuff. Yeah, Extra pack-ins, pack-ins yeah. you know, really build on um, taking something away, looking at it, pouring over it in your bedroom, and then, you know, wanting to collect everything. Um, big line, 64 figures with unique moulds, plus we had uh, six major repaints. And the, the repaints that do significant changes to the look. We were talking a little bit about... Andre the Giant went from the trunks to the sort of the, the black singlet um, sort of leotard look. So very, very nice and very iconic looks for some of the characters. So we had, yeah, we had um, Hulk Hogan repainted, um, Tio Santana, Strike Force, SD Jones in a Hawaiian shirt and a red shirt, Andre the Giant. And there was the, the sort of the original longer hair version and he was a bit of re-sculpting as well to get into the short hair. Um, and as we said, the, the back black strap attire and the blue trunks. Also, some minor repaints. And this is, as collectors often know, Tyler, we were talking about some of those yeah. just running changes. Um, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, there's, there's ones like uh, Roddy Piper, for example, which has traditionally red trunks, red knee pads, red boots. But there is a, there is a line in that where he actually has brown boots. For no particular reason, it's just a run that there was some that had brown boots. They run out of red paint that day. Well, yeah, who knows? If someone <laughs> dropped something, they shouldn't have in the tint in the paint that day. So that's one. But you know, there were some others that um, I was talking to you guys about. Uh, Ricky Steamboat, for example, has long pants, black pants, like head to foot. But on the back of the packaging, you actually got a picture of the original style, which was the prototype, where his his trunks were white and then the the long leg was black. So it was actually uh, on the back okay. of the package showed you what it was supposed to be. Yeah. For some reason, it just came out with long black pants, for example. Um, there's a few others that had, uh, for no particular reason, um, I think even... So, and they had some great um, accessories that came there. Even Roddy Piper came with a kilt and there was actually a different run of kilt as well for, for some reason. So Junkyard um, Dog had three different chains. Absolutely. So he came with a dog collar with a chain, but there was three different colored chains, a silver and a black and something else. Um, there was... Who else was I thinking there as well? There was uh, someone else that had... Hillbilly Jim, I think, had for some reason a slightly different coloured shirt sometimes as well. So there was just some anomalies for no particular yeah. reason. Iron Sheik had two different paint sets for his pants as well. Yeah, I think there was there was some difference on that. There was a couple that had those, and as I said, there was no particular official run in it. It wasn't actually supposed to be like that. It yeah. just was. Yeah, a lot of toy lines from that era had that issue. Yeah, exactly. And and kids, you know, like I remember was it you know listening to an interview where talking about Star Wars and like we all knew Han had two faces but that was about it like that yeah. was the extent of kind of what we understood as just whether you had that one or your mate had the other yeah, one. yeah. pretty much so yeah it's it's fascinating to see all those different uh, running changes because no one was reasons. thinking about collectors in no, those days no, it was no, just no. marketable throw it away yep. Yep. the kids will play with it one day it'll end up in a rubbish heap somewhere yeah and yet we're all still buying it yes. <laughs> we might go around the room now and ask for favourite characters Ben we'll start with you and we'll go around do you have two favourite characters from this line no 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 I, I am probably the least knowledgeable about uh, wrestling in this room I mean Hulk Put Hogan it a table. Yeah. <laughs> Hulk Hogan is you know the one that stands out for me 
me because he had a cartoon to back him up. So sure. he's probably, I, I'll call him out. But um, And then maybe Andre the Giant. Was he in Conan? Which one? Who was, no, he was in, in Princess Bride? Princess Bride. Bride. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which one was the one in Conan, in the uh, sports nigger one? The, the big yeah, dude. No, no. Uh, it was, was it? Uh, I'm trying to think who that was because it was there was a basketballer as well. It wasn't Kareem Abdul, but it was another guy. I think it might have been Andre actually. Yeah, it's a famous I, picture. Yeah, and and, and the he's two, they're holding they're holding Schwarzenegger up. And Schwarzenegger, for the for the reference, he's probably about uh, almost half a meter off the ground. And and these guys, he looks like a little kid. Yeah. And uh, amongst these two uh, guys, they and it's just that that just blows my mind to this day that. Because um, Schwarzenegger is someone I always have looked up to, because you know we share uh, the, the same birthday, uh, 13th and of July. And but, yeah, I, I did, didn't want to say that, but thank you. Um, so yeah, so to see photos like that, yeah. it just blows my mind. That's, that's so. a, that is a cool photo because that yeah. is, he's about half a meter off the ground and he's still not at the same head height as no, him. No, and I can't think who the other guy was, but he's actually a couple of inches taller than Andre's as well. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. Quick side story: I actually shook Arnold's hand last oh, year. Oh, just, just, uh, yeah. There we go. Going into business for himself. Yeah. Did he like grip really tightly? No, and then you sort of back. there was a whole back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just need a time Dutch moment, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I just need a time stamp on how long it took for Tyler to put himself over. Anybody know uh, how long 16 that was? Sixteen minutes. In. Beautiful, beautiful. There we go. Really, it took me that long. Yeah, I know. I'm losing my touch. Slipping. Right? Do you have any favorites? Um, when it comes to wrestling, I was more of the sort of the early probably '90s sort of stuff. So I, I think of you know Stone Cold, The Undertaker, The Rock, and that sort of stuff. This was probably before I got interested. Of course, everybody knows Hulk Hogan, um, Andre the Giant, and but the um, and you may have already said his name, so I apologise if I get this wrong. But the presenter is the guy, um, the guy in the tux over there mean with the Gene red Oakland. Boat. Yeah, he he. I remember the face. I couldn't tell you his name, but he he was the voice that I remember yeah. from and from that era. What's interesting, what's fascinating about this for those of us who are in the business, it shows how. A character it shows how a charisma how a persona is what embeds in a mind you know you guys have just basically named the mount rushmore of wrestling you know yeah. you add in rick flair and you've pretty mm. much got the faces that define yeah. this business to this day and that's what sticks with people even who aren't in the wrestling world you know the mainstream appeal of those characters is just transcended yeah absolutely and it's interesting it's exactly what Sean said you know you guys aren't necessarily wrestling fans but you know enough about the crossover into the mainstream to know those whether it's through a cartoon or mm. you've seen heard Mean Gene and he was around for it he actually sadly passed away only yeah. this year but yeah, right. um, he was iconic and the funny thing was he and Hogan worked before they even got to the WWF they worked back in a promotion before the AWA and mm. literally Mean Gene actually introduced Hulk Hogan to the world through a, a promo they did in AWA so Mean Gene was a massive part of Hogan's sort of life the whole way through yeah. as well so, are you yeah. saying that announcers can actually help talent I'm saying some can <laughs> so close <laughs> So Probably the only other one I share that is the Ultimate Warrior, and yeah. which I'd sort of, you know, again, that sort of persona that I knew more than anything. But I do want to give a shout out to my, I'm not sure of the family link, but he's married to my cousin. So whether that makes him my step cousin, I don't know how that works. That works. But anyway, uh, it was an 80s themed party. I think I came as just a like MacGyver with a mullet and stuff, and he's rocked up full Ultimate Warrior. And I've just gone, <gasps> That's it. And I was the only one who like flipped out. The rest of my family going, "Why is he like stripped down to his underwear? What's going on?" Here? <laughs> well, he's got tassels in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And he, he was so painting. happy. He goes, "You know who I am? Thank God!" Like, <laughs> no, massive shout out to him for that. Absolutely, yeah. for sure. Any favourites for you, Tyler? Oh, plenty. Yeah. Like, there's there's so many of them. Um, you don't get to name yourself. We're talking about earlier era wrestlers. <laughs> Just want to get that out there. The sad part for me was the LJM went around long enough to license my likeness, which is the part that, that that's the most disappointing part for me. Um, no, look, I think for me there was there was a, a heap, and, and I was fortunate that you know I got to watch these larger than life superheroes do this on TV, and then I got to play with this amazing eight inch lump of rubber that you could throw and mash around like they were. So. I had my favourites on screen and then I could actually replicate those. So one of my favourites, um, it's a love-hate because it's it's Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. Um, amazing physique in real life, just chiselled, just looked like a body, but he was amazing. He was kind of like the antithesis. He was his uh, Hulk Hogan's best friend at one point, turned on him and became the worst heel ever. I always loved him far more than Hogan. Like I yeah. got Hogan, yeah. but that was never for me. I who would have thought I liked the bad guys. But I loved Paul Orndorff. It was amazing. 
So I, of course, got the LJ and Paul Orndorff. And the only worst part about that is his face looks almost nothing like Paul Orndorff. <laughs> so I had to have it because it was him. But at the same time, it was really disappointing because his face just didn't actually look like Paul Orndorff. So um, that was one of my favorites. Um, one I actually never had was actually Randy Savage. But I always loved the pose of Randy Savage and just the look of it. It's funny because it looks like a, a, an, almost an ex- as if he's been sucking helium it looks bigger than he should <laughs> but it still just looks so cool about Randy Savage as well but there were so many of them that, that are my favourites because they just were you know they literally got to live out these people on TV yep. in, in real life so yeah Sean for you you know what's fascinating is I actually only had one LJN figure as a kid despite how massively into wrestling I was and I think it was the controversies about the line which we'll probably get into a bit later my parents went you know what? You can just stop at that one. Fortunately, it was Hogan. He was my favorite growing up. Um, and so like that was it. I had Hogan and I had the G.I. Pre- Joe version. Predictable. Of... <laughs> I knew oh, you'd say that. Yes. I had the G.I. Joe version of Sergeant Slaughter. Yep. And of course, late 80s, they had a big feud. So I could yes. have this tiny little G.I. Joe feuding with this giant Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so most of my wrestlers were uh, members of the Masters of the Universe cast who I would stick Play-Doh on and customize and turn into Randy Savage or Paul Orndorff or whoever. So Hogan was this literal giant in the land of wrestling. But now that I'm older and I've got my own disposable money and you can't tell me what to do, mum, I've been buying my own. And I've got to say, the other one I love is Mean Gene Oakland. Um, I grew up knowing, knowing sorry, that I was never, ever going to be able to compete in the ring. There's no way with the you know rice cracker ankles that I have I was ever going to Stop looking at my ankles. I'm just thinking I've seen tougher rice crackers. Just... <laughs> Look, last time we were in the ring together, you threatened to break my ankle. Stop looking at my ankles. I merely suggested it. <laughs> that's, that's by the by. The mean gene was someone that I looked at and thought, yeah, I could do that. I could be the interviewer. I could be the announcer. And when I finally got the figure, it is just perfect. The facial expression is amazing. And the sculpt. So he can't wrestle. He's in this long-suffering shrugging pose as if to say, oh my gosh, what is going on around me? Being a wrestling announcer for Riot City Wrestling and for World Series Wrestling, I identify with that pose. (laughs) Sitting next to Tyler Daniels right now, I strongly identify with that pose. So Hogan and Mean Gene, they'd be my two picks. Beautiful. Nice. Is that Darren? So at the risk of sounding unoriginal, we're going to go with Hulk Hogan, number one. Yes. Um, And huge shout-out to Rocky Three. Yes, of course. (laughs) And I'm, I'm... Reaching back into my memory banks, am I getting my lines mixed up? Junkyard? No, Junkyard Dog was there, absolutely. Yeah, he was definitely there. Yeah, very good. Um, I have these written down, so I'm not copying anyone when I say Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Um, But Iron Sheik, for me, um, I had some friends that had the LJN line. They had Iron Sheik, and I loved them. They had only a couple, a handful, but the size. This was like something I really hadn't seen before. Um, So unique. Their versions were well played with and all the paint had pretty much rubbed off uh, the shirt. Um, But the figures are so durable. Like if it's not for the the rub, they're really pretty much pristine. There might be a bit of nose uh, blemish or um, beard blemish or something like that, but they're they're very, very sturdy figures. What always fascinates me about the paint on them is we talk these days as collectors about paint apps, whether figures have enough paint apps to go through. You look at the new Mattel... um, mainline Batman figures and they'd be great figures if they had just some more paint on them. You could see the yep. sculpted detail that's not brought up. How many paint apps must these wrestlers have to 40 years later still <laughs> actually have some after we've been hitting them and each other with these lumps of rubber? Yep. Yeah. That's pretty like, impressive. That's some durable paint. It's interesting yeah. you said, you know, they are they were lumps that you would mash together and mm. you would just bash around and as Sean said, you know, the paint on a lot of them is still quite durable. Yeah. Um, it's really just those end pieces that are just the most exposed that generally rub off. Toes, noses, butt yeah, cheeks. Really, you know, even across the chest. That's No, seriously, butt cheeks, knees, that sort of thing. Yeah, don't look at my Superfly Snooker figure too far. It's uh, indecent. Why, have you got, <laughs> no, why has he got his butt cheeks out of Superfly Snooker, Sean? Is there a story there you want to tell Ooh, us? Not that I want to tell you. Okay, interesting. We'll follow that up. But it's interesting. You know, We look at these now. They're 8-inch lumps of, of rubber you remember when we're sort of 10 years old that's huge like yeah. that eight inches is massive right? they're big now to look at so you think back then when you're playing with them how small we were playing with these figures that were just massive there yeah they stand alone in that sense for me we're watching trent's kids get into them tonight yeah oh Callum and robbie they're having a wonderful time and that's to me there's a lot in 80s toys 
that kids will just pick them up and just want to get in and play with them. And how good is that? That's mm. just so cool to see. They are what they are. You just yeah. know straight away what this is. Do. Yep. Yep. Um, what do you need in terms of play sets? For play sets, you need <laughs> um, to, to have something to go along with these toys. And, of course, we had the Slingham... Flingham Wrestling Ring, if I've done that correctly. But this one was, was it's big, and, and Sean has brought it along so you can see it. It is big, it's got height to it, it's got the, the coloured bands, I guess, that go around, have a nice flex to them. The ring ropes, yep, the, there's the terminology. <laughs> but this one actually had a bit of controversy that we'll go into. <laughs> it was made so well, and it was so sturdy, and I guess the points at the top of them were thin enough that you could actually impale yourself on these. And someone did. Yeah, and someone did. And I, I, don't, I didn't get the impression of exactly how it happened, but it sounded like almost a foot went into it or someone fell on it. Yeah, my understanding is that kids were wrestling with it, might have wrestled with each other a little bit, and someone went diaphragm first. Oh, so it's sort of up oh, under the rib cage, oh. up in there in a puncture. And if you, if you look at the turnbuckles and the ring posts, they are what, maybe not even half a centimetre wide mm. at the top. Yeah. But they are long. You know, they are almost as tall as the figures. They're probably a good, what, six, maybe six and a half inches. Yeah. And to have one of those go All up through your diaphragm as a kid, I mean, that's one of those urban horror stories that goes along with the kid that choked and died on the missiles from Battlestar Galactica. You know, this is, the, this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. It's also the reason I never got one of those rings. I remember having to make one, of all things, my parents thought it was better for me to make one out of wood than to have the plastic. I'm like, okay, even as a kid, I can see the problem with that, but that's fine. Sure, let's go. Let's do it. I had one. I didn't have it for my, I didn't have any wrestling figures, but we made one for the muscle figures. Yes. And dad made it out of wood, but what are your ring posts made out of? Nails. Nails. Yep. Absolutely. And rubber bands around the edges. <laughs> Safety first, kids. <laughs> um, now, is it true there was a cage accessory that you could get to go Absolutely, on top yeah. of that? Yep. How did that work? I was just trying to... I didn't look up pictures for it, but yep. were you able to still get your hands somehow in there and oh, yeah, through the top? top. Yeah, 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 there was no roof on it, but yep. tell you, trying to find one of those oh, these days... We've been like, looking for a while, haven't yeah, we? To try and find that accessory this day and age is very, very difficult. It's probably the hardest part to find. If, if you go on the internet, one of the best examples is uh, Michael Mercy, who does a lot of toy reviews out of Canada. Yep. He's actually got the complete set with the blue steel cage. It's one of the most pristine examples I've ever seen. Yeah. So check out his channel for one of his um, videos on that, and you can actually see how it's sort of folded around, attached to the outside of the ring posts. Yep. So it sort of came up almost over the sides of the ring, and then you reach down over it. And the idea of a cage match is you're trying to escape. So there have been a lot of wrestlers scaling that and falling off the top or jumping back in off the top. And the noise it makes when those wrestlers hit that mat is beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Very good. Um, what about merchandise? Other wrestling merch? Is there anything maybe to you guys that stands out that is a sort of must-have in the merch space? Hulk Hogan vomit bags. Sorry, what? Hulk Hogan vomit bags. Last year at the Mega Toy Fair, <laughs> we found not only a Hulk Hogan suitcase... But Hulk Hogan vomit bags. They're not technically vomit bags. They're vomit bags. They're actually lunch bags. You were ill when you saw them. <laughs> However. You threw up in one. I've seen Sean cook. So <laughs> if Sean had made lunch in one of these lunch bags, they would then become Hulk Hogan right. vomit bags. Wait a minute. So when you threw up in that one, you were just swerving me to force me to buy two? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you bought two. Ah. <laughs> Doesn't it just make you sick? Um, oh. there's, there is plenty of merch out there. Um... Who was it was uh, telling the story? Was it you? you the Hulk Hogan. Tell that story. <laughs> oh, That's, God. Yeah. So, all right. So, LJN also owned a claim. So, they made all the video games for WWF at the time as well. So, you've got all that. But one of the big products was the Hulk Hogan training and workout set. A pair of dumbbells, a hand gripper, a chest expander type thing, headbands, sweatbands, and a 40-minute cassette tape of Hogan you know, exhorting you to work yourself to the bone <laughs> over beautiful 80s music, much of which was composed by Jim Steinman of Meatloaf fame, <laughs> which is probably responsible for why there's so much meatloaf on my iPod. Now you know who to blame. <laughs> Many years later, I actually interviewed Hogan, and it was a fantastic chat. And at the end of it, I thanked him for his time and told him what a fan I was and how much he meant to me growing up. And I said, you know, as a kid, I even had the Hulk Hogan workout set. And he took one look at my pipe cleaner arms and said to me, do me a favor, brother. Never tell anyone that story. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That, that is gold. So LJN slapped wrestling on whatever they could. Lunchboxes, yep. yeah, glasses. It, it was the Star Wars level marketing push mm. on this because it was an all-American industry where one man owned the rights and likenesses to all these people and they could just slap it on 
any and everything. Money banks, crayons, yeah, colouring books, cartoons, yeah. the works. Yeah, you could. I um for me, I one piece of merch beyond that that I had for me when I was uh, about eighty nine, I actually was went to the states and actually saw a, a live uh, show at Nassau Coliseum in New York. It is the one thing that I can actually lord over Sean. Sean has met so many of our collective icons that we both hold so dear, and has spoken to them, has photos with them, all that. Amazing, Sean. But uh, did you see Andre the Giant wrestle live, Sean? Nor did, no, I didn't. And nor did I see Jake the Snake Roberts wrestle live. Yep. What about Rick Rude? No, not Rick Rude either. <laughs> no. What about Demolition Axe and Smash? No, but I actually don't mind about that because LOD forever. Did you see The <laughs> Ultimate Warrior live? I'm really glad I didn't. No. Oh. oh, mate. You have to say you at least saw him. You didn't have to appreciate it. So I, I actually, um, and Sean's seen this, so I have got somewhere and I, I keep meaning to find him. Uh, I actually have my original tickets from 89 for that show as nice. well. And so I went back and had a look at that. But from that show, I actually bought merch uh, at the show. And what I bought was actually uh, the replica title belt at that yes. stage. Yep. And it's this plastic uh, middle plate and it had the foam backing and all that. Uh, and as a whatever age I was at that point, used to wear it, whatever. And over time, the foam backing has deteriorated and, mm. and whatever. And I actually then made, I think out of old cereal boxes, so I made it three or four or five sheets deep. I actually templated it and cut it, so I put it back into it and made another belt out of that. Nice. Um, I actually still have, and I will find, Sean, and I'll show it to you. I still have that middle, the plastic plate, the middle plate somewhere nice. back at home. So. That's from 89. That was probably my piece of merch at that stage that I held very, very dear. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. the one I had down that I remember from the time being promoted and advertising. Yeah. Which kid doesn't want a, a big yeah, belt, championship belt? belt. Yeah, they yeah. still sell them to this day. Yeah. It's at the point now where now known as WWE, there is the replica that is pretty much exactly what they wear on the show. Or there's the next level down, which looks like it. Or there's the next level down, which is a bit cheaper, and it just keeps going right. down in right. sizes and prices till you find what you can Actually, afford. Actually, you know what I just remembered, and I I have no idea what this is. I've got no idea what ever happened to that. I realised the other thing I bought that night is I actually bought a Jake Roberts poster. Oh, really? And I don't know if you remember, you may actually know the poster. It's Jake on there, and it's like a pink and purpley, smoky, sort of hazy background around yes, him. Yes, I do remember that. I actually bought that poster <laughs> on that night as well. I just I was just thinking about then. So that was that was the things I had my Jake Roberts poster and and uh, yeah, like. No industry on earth has merchandise lock on lock like wrestling does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Star Wars and all the merchandising that we know from the eighties, wrestling was doing that in the nineteen seventies. Yeah. Like the sport sports what was it in Texas where the Sportatorium. Sportatorium. Like you would go there and a lot of the big names in wrestling now started as ten year olds selling merchandise. Posters, T shirts, foam fingers, souvenir cups. Wrestling basically invented that yeah. mass merchandise push. Well, you have to remember it. it it's a carny sport. It's a carny it, sport. Come, it comes from that carnival yeah. industry. You go there, they don't just want you for the show. They want to sell you something to take home from it. And something, something to eat, something to drink. Yeah. So it's that whole concept. Of, you get them in the door and then you take every dollar they have while yeah. they're there. So that's, I mean, that's the industry. And still to this day, they will take every dollar they can from the workers themselves or, mm. or the audience or whoever. Yeah. Tyler Daniels, equal opportunity offender. <laughs> you mentioned the, um, the Sergeant Slaughter. So Sergeant Slaughter, I believe, was slated for an eight-inch yes. um, figure in the LJN line, and and there was a dispute, which is interesting, knowing how how tight it was. Yeah, he did get the the Hasbro Hasbro GIG yeah. GI Joe sized figure, um, that came out. But what would do you know any more details about that spat well, what, or what what's sort of fascinating story? is that Slaughter left the WWF because mm-hmm. he got offered the GI Joe job, and has uh, sorry. WWF had their toy deal with LJN, G.I. Joe, of course, being a Hasbro product. Mm. Vince McMahon said, nope, you can't continue to wrestle for me and be the face of a product that we're not associated with. So Slaughter quite wisely said, I'll take the permanent iconic status and money of being with (laughs) G.I. Joe. Thank you very much. And when he did that, while he worked for Hasbro and for G.I. Joe, they created a Hasbro 8-inch solid rubber Sergeant Slaughter that looks like the LJN wrestlers but it's emblazoned with G.I. Joe logo all over it. And the advertising has Slaughter, a photograph of this toy of Slaughter standing atop all the decimated LJN wrestlers saying the real king of the ring is back. (laughs) So you got a Slaughter in an 8-inch, which you could quite easily bring into the series to use. It just never was actually part of it. Yeah, so the unofficial yeah. official and version. good luck finding one. Yes. Yeah, because they are so expensive. Now, was there something about him coming in a bag? No, he's a mail order. Mail order, yeah. and then there was a reaction, points. like a 
chemical reaction to the plastic they used Something in like the bag that, yeah. and he got all these spots on him. Yep. So, yeah, maybe... it wasn't made as well. Right. Yeah. There you go. That's fascinating. Speaking of rare things, that might maybe be one of the contenders for the rarest toy, but is there something in this line that is just this sort of holy grail piece? Is it that slaughter mail-away or is there something else? It's one of them. Yeah, yeah. it's certainly one of them, but these days there's, um, as collectors do with everything, people want everything associated with it. So there's, there's actually uh, Zach Ryder, who's a current wrestler today, actually collects these as well and he's got a whole heap of stuff he's actually got some of the which are wood uh, molds the original wooden molds they use to create the prototypes wow. so he's gone to that level and yep. depth and I mean good luck to him I would love to do that the, I tell you what I did see and I actually went and had a look at these just recently I found at the moment there is the original resin prototype of the long haired Andre the Giant on eBay at the moment oh wow Six thousand eight hundred dollars US. Yeah, wow. so six thousand eight hundred US is the resin version yeah. of it. And you look at it, and I'm looking at it going, yeah, it, it is everything that that is, and you can see it. But that's the prototype. So yeah. when when you can find that sort of thing, they're kind of the holy grails. Um, but the black card series at the end yeah, is the, the, the last, most sought after. The last series um, is what they call the black cards because the the packaging, the original first five came in was a blue background that had the picture. In it. For the last one, they moved location or something. I can't think what it was. Changed manufacturer as well. It wasn't LJN anymore. It was someone else going off the tail of the LJN. It's a Canadian company. Yeah, that's what I mean. They moved to Canada. I know the production came out of there. They still did it in the same line, but the card was a black card rather than the blue card with the backing of it. And those series are quite uh, hard to find and rare, especially in good condition. Um, You mentioned before, Ogden Warrior. He's actually in that series. Yeah, right. Um, And I know that recently... um, I actually saw one of the ones that came out there was Barbarian and he was in that um, series and in box mint condition he was he was the best part of a thousand bucks US as well right. so Ooh. yeah look to find them because they get bashed around so much there's there's paint and in you kind of accept yeah. that to find them in immaculate condition is hard and then to find them still in box as you can imagine is, yeah. is that's uh, very rare and people these days now recognise sort of the value of that so they're kind of the holy grails um, some of the real holy grails are the actual accessories. Yep. Because a few of them came with hats. Uh, Terry Funk, that was in the original series, actually had a hat. He also had a branding iron, a cattle branding iron. <laughs> as so, you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, you know, to find that uh, in the first series as well was Cowboy Bob Orton, who actually came with a vest and a hat. And you can kind of generally find a vest or a hat or one or the other, or someone's made a vest, you know, mm. but... To find the originals of those are, are quite hard for some of those accessories. Miss Elizabeth, the only female figure in the yeah. line, came with a removable skirt from an iconic moment where she distracted the bad guys by removing a skirt, revealing she was wearing like a, a bathing suit type dress. It was very chaste. It was the 80s. Mm. But it was still, oh my gosh, there's a pantsless woman on screen. I turned around and looked at the wrong time. Now mm. I've been beaten kind yeah, of moment. Yeah, right. So they gave her a cloth skirt to replicate yeah. that moment. And just like Roddy Piper's kilt. Yeah. Good luck finding that. Yeah, and I actually think there was a couple of different colours of that for no particular reason. Yeah, as well as purple and gold, I think. Yeah, exactly. So Miss Elizabeth herself is actually quite hard to find in decent condition. That's why I don't have one. And to find that skirt yeah. the accessory is really hard to find. Yeah. There were other lines as well as the way we talk about the 8-inch, and that's probably too. the most iconic, but there was a smaller Bendy's line, and this is that great, you know, I always remember those two little dots they had in the back to allow the wire to actually bend and you yep. could pose them and, and that sort of thing. So the Bendy's line um, was a sort of, I guess, a sub, subset. 18 figures all up, each having a unique mould, um, some, some minor variations in, in paint apps. But again, we had uh, Hulk Hogan. I think he came with a, a blue knee pad and a red knee pad version. Um, but another really cool line in that well, more traditional You, you say scale. a really cool line, but there's one person around this table that's going to cut sick oh, about it. Look at that look oh, on their face. Oh, oh. Look at that. I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. That never existed. <laughs> there was the eight inch version and that was it. The rest that I'm I'm absolutely one of those snobs about that. There was the eight inch version, the rest didn't Well if wrestle. they were inferior or yeah. should I even mention thumb wrestlers? Oh. <laughs> one, it depends, one, do you want to wear that chair around your head? <laughs> Not really, but I did want to say one, two, three, four, I declare a thumb war. Hey. <laughs> 
And, but I do remember those. Yeah, I, were, I didn't yeah, mind yeah, them. They were yeah, good. They yeah. were the ones that you could take to school because the yeah. teachers wouldn't ban you. Because yeah, the, exactly. the other controversy about the eight inches was the level of concussion that you left people with when you lost your temper and hit somebody with <laughs> yeah. them. So they were banned at most schools. Yeah, 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 and it was like, you know, you cannot bring your wrestlers to school. But the thumb wrestlers were okay because they were hollow. That was soft plastic. And yep. the worst you could do was break each other's thumbs, which is infinitely better. <laughs> infinitely better. Well done, South Australian educational system. <laughs> That is beautiful. Any closing remarks as we wrap the LJN line? I think, I know obviously we didn't have a lot of it here, but just hearing the yeah. love and the nostalgia from Tyler and Sean and, and bringing them in, they are a wonderful part of the 80s culture, the 80s toy history. Mm. And I think they're a big and very important part. Definitely. So it's been wonderful to have you guys in to talk them through. Any closing remarks? Well, I, I, think, I think, you know, just to talk about the collection and things like it's amazing to see them it's the biggest collection i've ever personally seen in my whole life but just to see you know they're, they're still on toy shelves in today's market like you walk down the toy store you see transformers you see star wars you see the the marvel or dc line and then you see wrestling like they're they're still got a fairly prominent position in the toy line and there's still lots of kids that um gravitate towards the wrestling toys uh you know and this this is where it all started so it's i think you know massive thumbs up and uh it's just something that unfortunately didn't hit our radar but it's awesome to have some uh huge fans of it on the show so yeah i was just going to ask with the do you guys under, probably don't collect, but do you keep at least abroad of what they're doing currently with the wrestling figures and that? And you can just even just from a distance admire and look at it. Uh, to me, I think it's it's hard because I don't want to say it's bastardized, but there is so many different versions of different sure. styles and different releases. And there's a special WrestleMania release when that happens, and there's a Legends release, and then there's this signature series. And mm. it, it, there is so much of it out there. It's kind of it doesn't make it almost rare enough to be worth anything, if that sure. makes sense. Yeah. Whereas these were, there were 64 of them and that was it. And there was one style and we brought them out as it was and you got the persona they had. There were some slight changes and that's okay. So we know there's alternates. There's always alternates in any collection, but that, that made something you chased after. Whereas these days, there's so Too many much. versions of so many everything else. So- and nostalgia. Yeah, you know, and look, yeah, absolutely. That, absolutely. Chasing yeah. that childhood memory, For sure. you know, you can't, you can't create that uh, again. I mean, it's, the, the thing you said, you know, you go through this. Even if you go through um, toy fairs and stuff and you go secondhand hunting, you will find boxes and boxes and boxes of all these different versions of articulated rest. And you go through, you'll find nine versions of this and seven versions of that person and three different versions of this person, whatever. You just don't come across these. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's I think, what the beauty of that is. And that's what I mean. There's so sure. many, such a big variety of it. It just, it's not really my thing I'm gobsmacked at hearing this much sentimentality and nerd like knowledge come out of your mouth Tyler Daniels clear logic understanding Sean (laughs) that's all it is clear logic you were just waxing nostalgic about giant lumps of rubber you the difference no I was just saying that they weren't bastardized and there was only one style of them clear logic Sean are you not familiar with this (laughs) not coming from you no wonderful thank you so much we are now going to head into our next segment Riddle me this, riddle me that. Time to start thinking because the quiz master's back. It is quiz time and I have done another who am I or what am I quiz. So the way this works for Tyler and Sean is I start, it's a bit like the old sale of the century. If you imagine the, the who am I, I'll start to read out some clues. You can jump in at any time when you think you know the answer and yell it out. If you get it wrong, I think with this number of people, you're going to be basically be out. If everyone gets it wrong, you're able to come back. Reset. All right. So, all right. All right. So here we go. Question one. I was released in 1980 by Kenner. I came on a blister card. The front of my card featured a photograph of me. I came with a single accessory, a futuristic rifle that was cast in black plastic. I'm featured in a blockbuster movie, the second in what at the time was released as a trilogy. I am not depicted as human. I am wearing a space suit. I do not have a speaking role in the film, and I only appear on screen for a brief moment. Red Snaggletooth. Incorrect, but very good. Very good guess. I have been updated by other toy manufacturers manufacturers over the years including Gentle Giant Studios and Hasbro. 
I was recently released as part of the archive series in the black line of action figures. Boba Fett. It is not Boba Fett. Yak face. It is not Yak face. I am a bounty hunter. I am oh. from Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I am reptilian in appearance. Zuckus Zuko. It's not Zuckus. Oh, <laughs> Last man standing. Is it Bosch? It, it is Bosch. <laughs> it is. Well done, Tyler. How the hell did you know that? Beautiful work. As per usual, I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's what we're here for. It's a wrestling episode. Damn, even in it. here, the ref is blind. <laughs> Question two. I was manufactured by Kenner in 1988 and was released as part of the first series of action figures. I came on a blister card packaging of predominantly red colour. I am based on a character from a 1988 cartoon produced by Ruby Spears for Warner Brothers. The premise of the cartoon was based on a movie that was a comedy released in 1984. My only accessory is a yellow scooter. I am dressed in a blue police officer's uniform. I know the movie. I don't know the character's name, though. My action feature is a scooter-throwing action. Mahoney. I'm not Mahoney. I'm very strong and of huge stature. I'm from a movie, a 1984 American comedy film directed by Hugh Wilson. Is that Hightower? Starring... It is Hightower, Tyler! Two, two what the, the hell? From, from yeah. Police Academy? It is, yep, yes, Police yeah. Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Moses when you, when Sean said Mahoney, I'm like, uh, and then you said high, tall stature, I'm like, it has to be Mahoney. It, it has yeah. to be Hightower. That is. is not how you figured out. You cheated again. Where's your phone? Where is your phone? <laughs> you can clearly see where it is. I haven't touched it. Uh, I don't believe this. Um, I'll just round out the question starring Steve Gutenberg, Kim Cartel, and G.W. Bailey. Nice. I was released alongside characters such as Claw, Mr. Sleaze, and Eugene Tackleberry. I'm mm. from Police Academy. My first name is Moses, and I am Moses Hightower. Moving wow. on to question wow. three. This is... A, it's, this is it's look at him. Look I how pleased it. he is I with himself. <laughs> I'm just seeing how many questions are we actually running through? There's uh, 11. 11? Okay. 11. Yep. So you guys have still had a chance. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who am I? This is uh, a figure that was originally released in 1978. And due to my popularity, I was released in 1981. And I had a faux pas at the start. I said a figure. This is not a figure. I came packaged in a sealed box. No clear plastic window. There is no artwork on my packaging. Instead, it features a photograph of the toys that are inside me set up in a scene with additional backgrounds. I am one of the most iconic items from my theme and I am considered a holy grail for collectors. The Millennium Falcon. It is not the Millennium Falcon, but a very good guess. I like Sean's strategies going in early, and they're, they're probably right for the clues you've got to that point. I came with. So what you're saying is I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good. I like the strategy. It's a, it's a good strategy. I came with two flags. I depict a building that's prominently yellow in color. I came with a whopping 14 figures, what? some of which had movable visors. I must be built. I have a drawbridge. Oh, the, the Lego, Lego castle. It is yeah. the Lego castle. Oh, yes. Okay, that really yeah. annoys me because I had that. Yeah. <laughs> I've still Damn got it. mine. Yeah. I, I, I have a great version after it. Yeah. Yeah. I've got mine still too. Yeah. Uh, just around at the clues. Is that half a point each? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was literally yeah. tied. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. dead. Yeah. Dead tied. Yeah. We just don't now. Now Darren and I don't have to run around the uh, table with our hands down. Wait, wait, wait! <laughs> Nobody told me the stakes. <laughs> Nobody told me the stakes. Yeah, that could be crackish. <laughs> you, you signed that on the waiver, mate. I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and did you say we were streaming that? No. No. <laughs> we might have to though. You're gonna need a long lens. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Alexander knocks in the house. <laughs> uh, just to round it out, I came with several horses, and these horses needed to be built at the time. Yeah. You didn't get your plug horses. Mm. Yeah. I am a castle by Lego. I am set 375 Lego Castle, colloquially known as the Yellow Castle. Have you ever, just out of interest, have you ever tried to find the instructions for that? Still like, got them. Yes, yeah, see, I don't. And, and then I moved house and had to sort of 
dismantle it into mm. large chunks. And then I was like, oh, I'll just find the instructions online. How hard can it be? I found one PDF and it's literally every second page was yep. just blank. They forgot to scan the other Yeah, and yep. so what I ended up doing is looking at it going, well, there's a dust mark here, so I reckon a brick <laughs> has to go in there somewhere. It was ridiculous. Wow. I actually had a friend completely reconstruct mine in a totally new configuration. Wow. Now it actually folds up into almost like Castle Grayskull in terms of just like nice, Straight neat up. and carrying. Oh. And it unfurls much longer. Cool. Yeah, yeah. He's just his spatial awareness is insane. The way that he, he did it with no part, uh, no instructions, no nothing. He's just do do do. Oh yeah. By the way, here you go. What? What? <laughs> You've improved on the 1978 set. <laughs> uh, Excellent. That's, that's very cool. All right. Question four. What am I? I was released in 1986 by toy company LJN. I came packaged in a box the front of which depicted the contents inside as an illustration. I came packaged with an exclusive action figure that was never released as a carded action figure in this line. Slingham Flingham Wrestling Ring. It's not the Ringham Flingham Wrestling Ring. Finally got one wrong. (laughs) I came with glow-in-the-dark features. My eyes and teeth both glowed in the dark. Fortress of Fangs from Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, no. no. No, it's not. No, uh, it's, um, it's, uh, hang on. Thundercats. No, 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 it's the <gasps> Tomb of Doom from Thundercats. It is. Oh. <laughs> Ancient spirits of evil. Yeah. Yes. It came with Mumra. It is, yes. that's right. Mumra's yeah. Tomb Fortress. Actually, Mumra was yep. released as a mail away, but yep. never on the cards. Well done. Oh, I love it. We're, oh, we're all so close. Um, uh, just to round it out, I, the figure that I came packaged with was only seven point, uh, sorry, only four and three quarter inches high even though many of the figures in the line were much taller. I feature two statues, each with moving parts. I have a transformation feature inbuilt. I am a playset. I am from the Thundercats toy line, and I am Mumra's Tomb Fortress. Okay, moving on to question five. Who am I? Released in 1989. I come on a blister card packaging. The front of my card features several illustrations of me, but no photography. I do not come with a mini-comic. The back of my card features a bio. I feature two yellow bones that are sewn into my clothing. I come with three accessories, a crossbow, grappling hook, and a removable belt. Uh, the uh, uh, Rat King, yes. Yeah, Ninja, it's Ninja Turtles. It is the Rat King. <laughs> as soon as you yeah, said Ninja illustrations yeah. on the card, I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah. I mean, That's where you live, baby. That's it. <laughs> Uh, well I done, man. Pants, yeah. pants stay on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have red eyes. I have a centipede crawling across me. I was manufactured by Playmates. My packaging contains a clip and collect pizza point. I have ginger hair, or as one of Davy's words, I'm a ranger. I wear bandages on my body, and some even cover my face. I have many rats sculpted onto my body and my accessories, and I am the Rat King. Very well done. All right, this is Tyler and Ben uh, duking it out at the top there on... Uh, well, what are you on now? One oh, no. and a half points. One and a half points, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Who am I? I was released in 1986 by the company American Greetings. I started out as a toy, but due to my popularity, I spawned a direct-to-video movie. And then in 1987, a one-season 13-episode cartoon. The voice cast that worked on my animated series mostly all went on to the Beetlejuice animated series in 1989. And the show shared many thematic elements with mine. In 2001, Toy Max released a 22-inch version of me, hoping to recapture the 1980s nostalgia. I featured horns and a fanged smile. My pet monster. It is my pet oh, monster. Love that cartoon. Yeah. Nice. You know, I found one of those in Tokyo, and I thought, finally, I'm going to buy it. Would have been four hundred dollars. Oh yeah, I, I and that was a, without the manacles. Wowzers! Yeah, on that story, I had a cousin, uh, older cousins, and um, my mum's brother had cousins probably about five to ten years older than than I was. And one day, I was admiring this pet monster that she had, and she goes, "Look, do you want it?" And I just said, "No." Oh. And I regret that decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it still haunts me. I know. Yeah, it still haunts me. I know I wanted it, but I just couldn't bring myself to sort of. And say he yes. lurks behind you with his chains rattling, Scrooge-like. <laughs> That's right. Um, yes, and yes. Yeah, so he was marketed marketed to boys. It was plush, marketed yeah. to boys. Yeah, right. Came with orange handcuffs. 
Um, and the handcuffs could also be worn by the children. Great idea. Yeah, yep. great, great idea. Can't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, it's amazing <laughs> what you can get away with. Yeah, I'll bring that out today. Yep, yep. Hey kids, just put these on and play. <laughs> I just, just like to see the sitting around the table. What are we going to do? What are we going to market? Let's give them handcuffs. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't even have that discussion nah. as, a, as a marketing choice. Get it? Yeah. Well, you could. <laughs> <laughs> on the way to prison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just wait here. I'm just making a quick phone call. Stay there. Stay there. Don't move. Yeah. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. <laughs> Going back here. Um, rounding it out, I had bright blue fur. I'm plush. I'm a lovable looking monster and I am my pet monster. Very well done. Sean, question seven. Who am I? I was released by Kenner in 1992. My likeness is based on an animated series. I come on a predominantly black card with a bright orange colour behind the figure. My card features a single image of me in the same style as my cartoon appearance. Although I had many variants of me released over the course of the line, this was my first. I come with two accessories, one a backpack and a large cannon, an accessory which goes on my head covering my face. I am wearing a suit. One of my accessories has a water shooting action feature, even though I'm advertised as spraying gas. Yeah. The Joker. It is the Joker. Any more specific? Laughing gas joke? It is laughing gas well joke. Done. Well done. I knew it was the Joker, but I couldn't figure out which variant it was. Yeah, well done, yeah, man. Yeah, well done. Nice. I had it on the tip of my tongue, and what? I'm like, am I going to go with... Am I going to wait for the variant name to kick in to yeah, my head, or yeah. am I just going to say go the Joker no, you and did. buy myself... <laughs> a couple of seconds, a couple of seconds <laughs> to get the variants known. What yeah. line are we talking about there? Ninety two. Batman the animated the series. White oh, Kenner. Yes. yes. I think Joker only came out in wave two from memory. He wasn't part of the first wave. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Very he w- wasn't p- part of the initial six. Yeah, which is unusual. But sometimes you got to hold back the A listers mm-hmm. in the toy biz. Uh, I have a maniacal smile sculpted on my face. Tyler Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's not sculpted. It's just. <laughs> Regular. <laughs> <laughs> the colour of my face does not match my cartoon description. Uh, he had the, the blue face sort That's of, right. rather than the white. I was voiced by Mark Hamill and I am laughing gas joker. All right, three questions to go. Question number eight. We were released in 1992 by Tiger Toys. We come on a blister card packaging like all the figures from my wave. However, we are different in that we feature two characters instead of one. We only ever had one wave of figures in the line. We are based on the likeness from an animated cartoon series that at the time of release was can- that at the time of our release was cancelled. And we got action figures because our show was being rerun on a major network. One of my characters is human, the other is not. Oh, it's uh, Dr. Claw and the cat. Oh, Such a good guess and so close, oh, but it's not. I know now which one it is. <laughs> we come with four accessories, two for each character. Of the human character, yeah. comes with two accessories that allow me to go into disguise, a sombrero and a clip-on moustache. Penny and Brain from oh, Inspector Gadget. It is Penny and Brain. Yeah. Yeah. The other two accessories are a skateboard nice. complete with booster rockets and an electronic mm. book. We come with a secret mission card. I come with blonde hair and a pet dog. We are from Inspector Gadget. It was, it was one or the other. And I'm like, oh, it's good. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with the bad guy. Burnt. Always go with the bad guy. Can I just point out that basically you're holding Penny's book now, if you think about it. I All know. those years, yes. we wanted a book like Penny's. Now we have iPads. Yeah. It is, pretty much. Yeah. You're right. Because like, I can name two toy lines that Tiger Toys exactly produced. And thinking, that, yeah. that's, yeah. So, mm. Ah, so so close. I love it. That's good. All right, we are on to question nine. I was released in 1994 as part of Series 1. I came on a package on a clamshell-style packaging. I feature a cape. I have green eyes. Dr. Kilimoff. It is not Dr. Kilimoff. 1994. Very close. A uh, A few of these figures had variants, including me. My variant was an unmasked variant, and Series 1 consisted of six unique figures. I came with a special edition comic book, which I feature in. I have a label noting I am America's best... Spawn. 
Yes. Oh, it is Spawn. Oh, nice. Best-selling comic book. I was not manufactured by a major toy company. Instead, I was manufactured by the then-fledgling company that made a big impact. Other figures in Series 1 include Tremor and Overkill. I was created by Todd McFarlane and manufactured by McFarlane Spawns. I am Spawn. <laughs> Just this weekend, uh, we went on a big toy hunt with our friends from the Fortress podcast out of Sydney. And uh, another Trent, that Trent yes. from the Fortress, <laughs> actually picked up the Spawn the alternate hamburger head spawn yep. and the alternate monster head violator all in a single oh. run, all still mint in package. Yeah. What? And he didn't pay any more than 70 bucks yeah. for the three. Oh, yeah. Altogether, not, like 70 bucks total. Yeah, 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 they're yeah, not, yeah. They haven't held their value. Yeah, they haven't, but they're still damn good. Yeah. 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 No, very nice. I actually, um, as I Instagram stalk you, I was watching all the videos from that. And uh, I did see uh, that hunt. You went to um, Paddy's. We did. Uh, yeah, started Paddy's out of Paddy's. Started started started. We went everywhere. Fisherman's Wharf Market. Yep. And, uh, we went so. everywhere. And uh, I didn't spend a dime. <laughs> uh, well done. That was great. Uh, I do love your sense of humor as well, you, you guys on there. It's very good. Worth checking out. Follow Sean. You must. He <laughs> <laughs> <You> didn't know. <laughs> <ask me. laughs> All right. Question 10. I was released in 1986 by Mattel. I was released in a window box. I featured in a cartoon produced by Filmation Studios. I'm not considered an action figure from my line, and I share no parts with any other items released in my line. Many would consider me to be of beast size, i.e. I'm not an action figure or a vehicle. Mm. I was also released in a two-pack, me and a 30, character. 30. It is 3030. Oh, wow. Well done. Yes. Epic, man. Yeah. That was on the wrong filmation yeah. line. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think everyone else yeah. here was going masters. Yeah. I did that yeah. intentionally. Yeah. 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 You'll see those. I was looking for that. Yeah. Nice. I know you're wise to it. Yep. <laughs> I was hoping to get people to think of Stride or you know, with the whole robotic well, horse. You're not running 86. You said it doesn't share any parts. So yeah. like it's Panther, no. He, you know, and then yeah. I'm thinking Stride and Stride. And I'm Does like, Zor you know, count? Because that's technically yeah, a repaint. It's a different character. Yeah. Does come in a two pack. Tyler's wondering what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> um, look, to be honest, I'm I'm absolutely in awe because you know, like I wasted all my stuff on the LJ. You, you got everything you're going to get out of me earlier on. So I, I sit back here. This is your sphere. I am a little disappointed, Trent. There's been far, far, far too few uh, wrestling related questions. <laughs> you know, um, I, the least you could do, you invite me here. The least you could do is at least cater for me slightly. I, I should have done that. I was so happy you got the first two because uh, these are hard questions. If you're, if you're I'm, not I'm, a, I'm, as I said, I'm sitting more in awe of watching you guys work through it than me going, I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I was, I knew it was Inspector Gadget the last yeah. time. I knew yep. that's the line we're going. I couldn't think of Penny and Brain. I knew as soon as you yeah, got it. Yep. I wouldn't have known from that However, unless you said Dr. Claw. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm in awe of you guys. So I didn't know the etiquette on asking the quiz questions on the topic you've just done. It's sort of like wearing the band t-shirt to the band show. <laughs> Is sort of like, I didn't know if that was well, the thing. Well, it, it depends. Do you or don't you want Tyler Daniels to break a chair over your head by the end of the night? Uh, I was released in 1986 by LJN. <laughs> there we go. Exactly. All right. We are on to the bonus question of question number 11. Winner takes all. Oh, Just geez. made that up. All right. I was released in Kenner. <laughs> I was in the lead until then. <laughs> I was released by Kenner in 1986. I came with two core accessories, and they were described as independent accessories on the card, even though they were joined together. I also came with a non-painted, non-articulated small character who is cast in a translucent yellow plastic. The back of my card contained instructions, including the following comment. Note, backpack must be in the upright position as shown. I am part of a team. I feature in animation and my design was based upon that animation, even though there was a movie franchise in which my character was also featured. Hmm. My packaging is predominantly purple and features a drawing of my character on the top right hand corner. There is also a small speech bubble printed to look as though I am talking, and it features a catchphrase. I have blue eyes. Egon. It is Egon. Oh, well, I was about to say Venkman. Yeah. I, I just, we're going, I just, which four? We're like, which one are you going to I just wanted it to be Venkman. Yeah. Yeah. I had this mental image of all four of them just spinning around and around and around, <laughs> waiting, <laughs> just going... <"Ugh." laughs> yeah, it was the blue eyes and the blonde hair. I think that was yeah. always going to be the jump yeah. in on that one. I'm described as the absent-minded electronic genius. Nice. 
Um, my team members fight paranormal beings. Other figures include Ray and Winston. I'm from the real Ghostbusters line. I am Egon Spengler with, if you didn't know the name of it, the Gulper Ghost. Oh, that was the little translucent? Yeah, yep. they all cool. came with those little Gulper Ghosts. And they, nice. you could twist the uh, thing to get the little proton yep. thing spinning around. Or cut it so. off to make it more screen accurate. Yeah. Not yeah. that anyone ever did that, ever. No. Just on that, I okay. So I didn't. I, I won a Venkman just because I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, my title that is. I was a big Ghostbusters fan of that. Um, last year I was in the states, and being an adult as you do, I actually did what I called my Venkman trifecta, and I actually went through in New York and saw the State Library. Yep. I did the yep. apartment block, oh. and I found the firehouse. Yes. Oh. And the, the firehouse is actually is actually a, is it a working firehouse? At the know? time, it's, it's actually been redeveloped because yeah. it's run down or whatever so I was actually brought it up and they were actually doing it but someone I think is trying to get it back to a, a state that looks almost because I did so, see yeah, I did yeah, see wow. a photo pop up yeah. recently of someone standing in front of it yeah. and it looked like it had been redone so maybe I was there yeah. this time last year yep. and it was yep. as I said they were trying Ooh. to it looked like someone was trying to fix it and render it and stuff yeah, so nice. um, but I was there I went I'm in New York I'm a ghost as a fan Excellent. I saw it as a kid I'm, I'm doing I, I literally called it my Venkman trifecta <laughs> put, put it up on Instagram as that so um, yeah that's my tie beautiful that is wonderful we're going to wrap this episode but this has been so much fun having you guys on special shout out to Toy Power Crew and to Tyler Daniels and Sean Fuster for coming on from Riot City Wrestling thank you gentlemen so much for coming in guys thank you very much for having us make sure you check out RC Wrestling on Twitter Riot City Wrestling on Instagram and Riot City Wrestling on Facebook and you can speak for yourself. Oh, absolutely. Um, Tyler Daniels underscore the difference. If you want to follow me on Instagram, etc., you can see us at uh, Right City. Guys, thank you so much for uh, inviting us here. It's been a pleasure. I mean, your pleasure, obviously. Um, so I do thank you. Um, I've been wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, and thanks, thanks heaps for you guys have been awesome tonight. I uh, just want to plug something else. Uh, we got a shout out on on Geek Dudes podcast, oh, uh, yes. which uh, we you know they uh, do a cool show. Um, they're up to about a hundred and something episodes as well. Uh, they're the wrestling in, person, yes. Chris Fresh from yeah. NCW. Yeah, Chris yeah. Fresh, so that yeah. was pretty cool. Um, uh, they were talking about uh, the prices, uh, hike of toys and things, and they gave us a bit of a plug. So that was pretty cool. Mm. And uh, totally, guys, feel in your pain. So it yeah. was uh, nice to Can um, relate. Yeah, nice to. Hear some Aussie boys uh, relate. So mm. at least we're united and we're not alone. Yeah. That's it. That's I think. It. I think. It, in fairness, he was looking. Chris, in particular, was looking at the Jabba sail barge, which is like the biggest toy to come out in the last sort of ten years. And but yeah, there. I think he talked about some of the master stuff in particular yep. and yep. how much it was going to cost to get uh, these figures he's been waiting for since the eighties. Well, well, the so. fact that they're slogging you for GST, they're yep. slogging you for the um, the you know, currency ex- uh, exchange rate. The the fact that you know I oh, will ship to the fr- US for free, but if you're going to Australia, that's going to cost Ka-ching. you an arm and a leg, you know, yep. and your first newborn's child's name and <laughs> whatnot. Like, uh, and you have just, goods and services tax both exactly. on the item and on the shipping. Yeah, yeah. and it just it just the the, the spiral thing comes up. Uh, and the fact that you know this goods and services tax was there to uh, you know to accommodate your fellow Australian um, your retail, but when the items aren't sold at retail yeah, in Australia, uh, we're, we're forced to uh, pay the extra expenses. So yeah. it weakens that living playing field argument immediately because it yeah. only becomes a living playing field if I've got the product here to mm. sell to. Yeah, sure. It's interesting yep. you say that, guys. A quick interesting. I I kind of think um, what's wrong with sponsoring your name out of your firstborn. Like, <laughs> I think it makes sense. Why wouldn't you? I mean, if it means that much to you, it's only a name. I'm glad you say that because I've actually swapped you for shipping on some Japanese Q Ranger merchandise, and immigration's coming to get you tomorrow. I'm only happy to do that if it's a switch where I get shipped back to Japan. So. <laughs> Love it. Excellent. That is wonderful. Thank you so much to everyone today. That was a wonderful session. And big shout out to all our patrons. Thank you very much for your support. And we will see you around the toy aisles. Thank you one and all, and until next time, good journey! You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast, at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram, or have your say and email us, toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're 
Kirchen. Oh, oh, oh.